God bless, bro. Yeah. Come on. Why don't you turn that to the Lord one time? Thank you, Father. You're such a good God. We praise your name, Father. Thank you for breath in our lungs. Thanks for blood in our veins. Thank you for waking us up this morning. So grateful to be in the house of the Lord. With the brothers and sisters in Christ that love you with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength. Come on. And love your neighbor as yourself. You may be seated this morning. So appreciate that introduction. How about that worship this morning? Come on. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. A lot of people think that that came from a sports enthusiast. Let's go. That came from David. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. We're just so excited to be here. As Pastor Matt said, we have been friends for a long, long time. And my mom sent us a text this morning. And, and all of you know, uh, Obama and Poppy here, Pastors David and Patty Dillon. And uh, she said, our relationship has been going on for 40 years. Please love our family. And uh, I don't know about you, but there's, there, there's a lot of churches uh, that, have, that have closed their doors in the last 40 years. But, but River Valley Church, Church is not one of them, and Rock Church of Franklin is not one of them. Amen? And so that's a testimony. It's a testimony. And in case you were wondering, we are with royalty today, and Apostles Wayne and, and Margaret Holcomb, aren't we? Can you, can you stand to your feet just a second? Can you stand to your feet in honor? Our Apostles Wayne and Margaret, thank you guys. Come on. We love them. We love them so much. And we're over 50 years here. And we wouldn't be that River Valley if it wasn't for them. So thank you so much for showing us. I like to tell people when I talk about mom and dad, I want to talk about them. They are modern day biblical heroes. Modern day biblical heroes. There's, no, there's not a sequel to the Bible, but if, holy, if there was a Holy Bible too, they would, they would have a whole book. Just the Holcombs would have a whole book. And I know that Chris and Megan are here somewhere. Uh, Chris Schultz, where are we at? Are, are they, did they make it in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, so they didn't make it here. So that word didn't get. So I wanted to honor them. I know they were trying to make it this weekend. Uh, Megan is pregnant. Uh, and Chris, you guys have sent him down to Rock Church. And uh, we, we appreciate it, right? I know it was a sacrifice, but they're doing such a good job uh, with, with our worship and such a good job with our youth. And I know it was tough, especially with family members. And a lot of you raised Chris, you know, in the house. I mean, you told on him when he'd do bad things and stuff. I mean, you raised him. And it's like, man, did all that just to send them down to Rock Church, but can I, can I tell you that, that, that your mansion in heaven's being built uh, by those, uh, that beautiful couple down there uh, in Franklin, Virginia, and we love them so much. So I just wanted to say thank you for your sacrifice. Thanks for sending, uh, the, sending Chris down there, and, and gosh, for them to go through two, mar two miscarriages and, and be pregnant uh, with their third child. How cool is that? Amen. Continue to pray uh, for them. And then there's our great friend. Pastors Matt and Rachel Holcomb. 
Man. They... They love you guys so much. They talk about you all the time. Some of it's good. And they, they talk about the ministry and what's next. And they have been such dear friends of ours as we've traveled through life together. And it's just, listen, it's one thing uh, for pastors' kids really in, in this day and age to say saved. It's another thing for them to follow in their footsteps of their parents that are pastoring. Come on. And it's another thing that the, the, the Holcomb, four Holcomb sons and the four Holcomb, uh, four Dylan boys are, are close in, in with one another, but also have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're talking about from generation to generation to generation. Because I tell people, man, that if the enemy can't get to the parents, they're going after the children. And that's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. So I honor the Holcombs today and their entire family. And, of course, my wife, Jill, and our four boys, Jack, DJ, and Benny and Dallas, sure. And I know a lot of you, you know, all of you know the, the Dillon boys, but Jack tries to slink up here. This is his second home, uh, but he started college, and he was a little bummed about not being able to be here, but we brought the rest of them. But thank you, Dillon family, for uh, walking in the ministry uh, together with me. And guys, yeah, I, uh, as, as Pastor Matt Preached last week as one generation declares his mighty acts to, to the next. Come on, guys. It's about the next generation. You're not going to make it to year 80 if you don't start training your children how to love the Lord, how to serve the Lord. But not for this house. And so I was excited about coming in here this morning and just, man, bringing the word and greet you again from mom and dad. I greet you from the Rock Church of Franklin. We pray for you every single day, every Sunday. We're, we're, we're we're calling you by name, you know, with our worship team and, and in the prayer room. And, and uh, how, how many know prayer changes things, amen? And as we're worshiping this morning, and I have a title, uh, but I have actually, it's the first time I've ever done this, I'm going to change my title. My title was Break Their Chains. But after this, the new song that I learned uh, this morning, and this is, you know, if you want to put it up there, I'm standing on chain breaking. I'm standing on chain breaking. I've never heard that song before. But I, I, it sounds so much better than the title that I had. So instead of break the change, I'm standing on chain breaking. And, uh, and we were singing about being liberated from, from bondage. So God has already been confirming the word this morning in, in worship. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts 16. I'm just going to ask uh, whoever's back there in the media center, Acts 16, we'll just read 16 through 18. And then, uh, but the whole passage is going to be 16 through 34 if you're writing it down or whatever. I'm standing on chain breaking. Did I get that right? Was that part of the, if it wasn't, I just made it up. Keep moving. <laughs> now it happened, verse 16, as we went to prayer. That a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these, sir, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. 
And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. In verse 16, it says, now it happened as they went to prayer. You know, the devil doesn't like when we pray. So trouble can start when we look to talk and conversate with God. I remember the very first time I was called to, to the ministry, and you know my brother and I are probably like eight to 10 years old, and, and there was a prayer meeting for all the leaders. And so mom and dad gathered, and they were gathering in one of the rooms, and you know Ben and I just kind of hung out where you know pastor's kids again just kind of hanging out in church. And so we're, we're just in the sanctuary. We're just throwing the ball, football back and forth, you know, as they're praying and kind of going back. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going one way and catching and going another way and catching. And there was a pulpit, you know, Similar to this, you know, had a, had a corner right on, uh, you know, a sharp corner right on the edge. And sure enough, bent through a ball, and I turned, and I guess I was about that height. And right in between my eyes, ran into the pulpit. Blood, I start screaming. How many know that trouble can come when you go to play, pray? And I thought I was, you know, in so much trouble. And Ben's like, dude, be quiet, you know. And so all of a sudden, mom and dad had to come out. You know, I frequented the emergency room. I have a lot of, lot of scars, you know, on my, on my head through the years. And, and uh, you, you know, it was just one of those things that took place, you know, as people were coming to prayer. And then I realized, like, man, people are called to the ministry, you know, prophetically, or they're, you know, they have a dream or a vision, but God had to smack me across the head with a pulpit in order to say, hey, you're called to the ministry. So ever since then, I never wavered from the word of God. How many know that, that trouble can come, you know, when you, when you, when you head to prayer? The, the thing is, the enemy hates when you communicate with God. And I don't know about you, but I love anything the devil hates. And so for us, he wants us to, to have a relationship with him. He, he wants us to, to communicate with him, not on a daily basis, guys, an hourly basis. Every few minutes, he wants us to just kind of recognize him with our voice. Amen? And, and the thing is, the devil tries to fill your head with loneliness and depression and anxiety so you can't communicate with the Father. But the devil has no room in, in your body. Amen? He has no room in your mind. And a part of praying is also learning to listen from God. If you're talking to him, you're also listening to him. And if you can't learn to hear from God, you won't know how to talk to man. And it's our goal, guys, to pray and communicate with God. In verse 16, 17, it says, the slave girl, fortune teller, just followed these men. These, these men are servants of the most high God. They proclaim the way of salvation. It wasn't like they were glorifying. This, this young lady wasn't glorifying these guys. She was ridiculing them. She was mocking them. You got to understand, saints, serving Jesus isn't easy. Right? You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be mocked. You're going to be ridiculed. You know, from, gosh, from COVID to LGBTQ+, plus to, 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 polit to politicians, we're, we're in the most confused time in the history of the United States. But, but for me, regardless of what the world says, I, I just know what God says. 
and he will bring heaven to earth. Amen? And for us, we continue to stand on the fact that we serve God and God alone. And the opinions of man, they simply do not matter. Amen? And so as, you know, they start getting mocked and this, you know, this woman is just following. I don't know about you. I don't know how long you could handle somebody just walking behind you and, and, and say, you know, if they're behind me, like, you're goofy. You're tall. You're a dork. You know, I, I don't know how long I could just handle. It said it went on for many days. I don't know if you've ever been annoyed before. I'm just going to digress a few things on my annoyance. You know, when I go through a drive-thru at 11 o'clock at night, maybe it's a long day, maybe we had a sport event or something along that lines, and, and they hand me my meal, and, and, uh, and, and it's 11 p.m., and they say, have a nice day. That kind of gets on my nerves a little bit because there's only one hour left in the day, right? And so you're not really paying attention. And, and, of course, then I get home, and they forgot one of my burgers, and I'm like, how can I have a nice day, and you don't even give me, you know, that's just an annoyance of mine. Do y'all have Dairy Queen around here? Is Dairy Queen? And so Dairy Queen, 40, 50 years in, they're still flipping the blizzards upside down. And, and one of them flipped them and hit my thumb. It's like, listen, we got it. You have thick ice cream. That's why we're here buying it. You don't have to flip anymore. And, and true story, Benny and I got some this week, and, and the girl had a lid on it and still flipped it upside down. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Do waiters and waitresses, when they come to take your food and they don't have a pen or a pad and they try to prove to you, and listen, if this is you, I apologize. I do apologize. But they want to prove to you their memory skills. Like, I just want you to get my meal right. Dairy Queen messed it up the other night telling me to have a good day and forgot my burger. And you want to prove to me that you can memorize all of our orders. Like, if you got a good memory, then, then go do a spelling bee. This isn't the place. Pull your pad and pen. And am I the only one that wants the order to be wrong just to prove a point? I know, I need to get saved at Olive Garden and out back and <laughs> praise God they didn't do it at Pier 87 last night. Is that where we were? And look, probably the, the biggest annoyance as a childhood is my father was my, my pastor, my principal. And man, I would get in trouble, you know, once in a while, boys, just maybe once every few years. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, would, I would get in trouble and i go into the office, and, 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 and my father already knew what took place with the teacher, and, and uh, you know, he says, you know, well, you know, what you did was wrong, you know, I, I, I discipline you because I love you, and, you know, bend over, and, and, you know, go ahead and discipline, kind of keep moving, right? Anybody remember, you know, spanking days, right? And so, she, you know, it's no problem, I understand, he's the principal of the school. But, but the thing that I got a little annoyed at is when I came home, and, and Dad said, hey, you need to head upstairs. And I'm like, whoa, I just got in here, it was a little stern. And he comes into my bedroom. He's like, I heard you got in trouble today. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You were there. Remember what I did and remember you. He's like, I, I disciplined you as your principal. Now I'm going to discipline you as your father. Don't clap for that. that I'm just, I just. But I love the fact that, that Paul allowed this annoyance, right? It says for many days he allowed this, but he finally had enough. And I tell you, come on, Church of America, we have to say we have had enough. We have had enough. 
And he turned and said, I command you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, come out of her. And she was delivered that very hour. We have the power of the name of Jesus. Come on, blind eyes to see, deaf ears to hear, lame to walk. Come on, dead to rise. We sang about it this morning. And she was delivered. But now there's trouble. There's more trouble. Why? Because the masters, they, they, they lost their, their, their profit maker, this fortune teller. And so they have Paul and Silas beat. And they took them to the magistrates and, and they threw them into prison and said, they're, they're in a whole lot of trouble. We don't want them to, to come out. Guys, we have to make sure that we're taking a stand no matter the cost. No matter what your neighbors think, no matter what your boss thinks, no matter what, what Williamsport thinks, they need Jesus. They need the outreach center. Come on. They need the doors of, of River Valley Church to remain open in the name of Jesus. But I want to focus on verse 25 to 30. And it says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them, and it says suddenly a great earthquake happened and said the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately every door was open and everyone's chain was loose. Says the keeper of the end, awakening from sleep, seeing the open doors, assuming that all the prisoners left he drew a sword and was about to kill himself. Paul cried out with a loud voice, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Says he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, brought them both out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And I wanna just walk you through those verses. It's one of my favorite stories. But it said at midnight, Paul and Silas, we're praying and singing hymns to God. At midnight, there is not a time between midnight to midnight that we shouldn't be praying and worshiping God. They, listen, they had gone through all of this stuff. They, they, all they were doing was going to pray. They were mocked for days. Then all of a sudden, all they did was command the spirit to be gone. And now they're in the inner prison, you know, muck and mire. It stinks. They, they have uh, chains on their, on their feet. They're, they're bleeding from, from, from the lashes, from the beating. And what does it say they're doing at midnight? Praying and singing hymns to God. We have to understand, no matter the valley we're in, it's always about prayer and worship. You go through situations like, well, I just don't know how I can do it. I don't know how I'm going to make it through worship. Listen, we were dropping our boys off, TJ on Monday and Jack on Wednesday, just how it worked out. Two of our kids gone within three days. We, we hug them and get in the car and, and, you know, we're crying and all we can do is worship. Now, you know, the younger two might not have been as sad because there's more food and more room in the house, but, but for the most part, 
And then it says the prisoners were listening to them. Now, now why were the prisoners listening to them? I don't know when the last time you were in jail, and don't raise your hand. But they were, they were listening to them. Been a part of some prison ministry and been able to, to lead worship and, and bring the word in, in prison. It says all the prisoners were listening to them. And, and typically there would be about 20% of the prison that would come. And, and look, we would have Holy Ghost worship in, in there. Don't be fooled. There's men behind bars that love God, that love to praise Jesus. But it wasn't all of them. All of the prisoners were listening to them, paying attention to what they were doing. Why? Because they see these men beaten, bloody. They, they clearly had a rough day. They probably heard about them that they really do nothing wrong, and yet they're worshiping. Guys, we have the power for, for those that are in bondage to listen to us. We ha as we continue to pray, as we continue to worship, when you're in that valley, guess what? Other people are watching. They really want you to go even further. They want you to fall flat. That's just what your sin nature does. But as they watch you go from the valley to the mountaintop, all of a sudden, I want what they have. And so as they're listening to them, it says suddenly there was a great earthquake. Come on, they're praying, they're worshiping, and all of a sudden, the, the prison just starts shaking. And the thing about it, suddenly, it happened immediately. That's what kind of God we serve, guys. A suddenly, immediately kind of God. Elijah called down from prayer, and uh, suddenly the fire fell from heaven. Come on. Uh, you know, the, the lame man he was healed, and immediately he went walking and leaping and praising God. Suddenly the stone was rolled away. You see, as you pray and worship, God can meet your needs immediately. He can meet your needs suddenly. And I love how it says, and the foundations of the prison were shaking. You see, as you read in the story, and they went out to the jailer's house and all that stuff, it was just the prison that was shaken. If the entire community was shaken, they would have came and made sure all the prisoners were in place. God knows exactly what's in your life that needs to be shaken. He understands, and so all of a sudden, this shaking goes on, this earthquake, and it says all the doors are open and everyone's chains were loose. Now, I understand as the building shakes and the doors fall open, but I don't know, again, if you've ever had handcuffs and don't raise your hand, but look, you can shake all you want. They're not coming off. Their feet were in chains and stocks. We talked about it. We sang about it this morning. They just fall off their feet. And, and the beautiful thing is, all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Do you understand the power that you have in prayer, in worship? Brother Micah was praying for our lost loved ones. Come on, guys, keep praying. Their chains are eventually going to be loosed. Standing on chain, breaking. That's why you pray. That's, that's why you worship. For, for me, again, the fact that every door was open, 
Every chain was loosed. There's so many people that are walking the streets of Williamsport that don't even know they're in bondage. We had a couple murders recently in Franklin, you know, just a small town, and one of them was a 10-year-old kid, and, and, and they had one maybe the next week, and they were supposed to have kind of an event, kind of like a block party, but Chief Patterson, the chief of police, reached out, and he's like, about, about four or five pastors said, I, I want you to come. I just want you to walk, you know, this neighborhood, this, this group of apartments where these two murders took place. And I just, I just want you to go love on people. I just want you to go, go come and pray. Who, who is the chief of police turning to when, when they need answers? Who, who People are going to turn to God. And so we go out there, and, and man, I just, I just love, you know, I just love walking and praying. And uh, there's different people, you know, out and about, and we would go and kind of hug on them. And, you know, because I coached for years at Franklin, a lot of them, you know, would scream out, Coach Dylan, Coach Dylan, and just kind of go and, and love on them. But I'm telling you, as I'm, I'm making those laps, you know, in that community, in that neighborhood, you know, the darkness just simply has to go has to go. You have power in your tongue. You have authority in worship as we continue to just pray. Man, every Saturday night, late, 11, 12, 1, I go up to the church and, and I, just, I just walk our parking lot and I pray over every single parking spot. And the reason I do this is as they come in one way, as they get out of their car one way, they're going to go into the building and they're going to come out different. The marriages are going to be stronger. The, the children are going to be more in love with God. Come on, the, the healings are going to take place. We pray over those handicapped spots. I'm looking forward to a parking lot that we don't need any handicapped spots. Your prayer, your worship, guys, it changes things, not only in your life, but everyone that is around you. And then the jailer wakes up. I mean, he, he missed the earthquake, right? The, the doors are shaking. Like, God caused him to go into a deep sleep, one, to save his life, right? So he kind of wakes up, and, and things are quiet. Kind of look, why are all these doors open? They had to have gone. He brings a sword. I mean, he knew he was going to die anyway because all the prisoners had, had gotten free. And, and, and look, Paul and Silas are in the, in the inner prison. You know, he's on one side of it. And Paul says, hey, do yourself no harm. We are all here. Now, one, because it says he ran, he asked for a light and ran in. How does Paul even know what was about to happen to that keeper? How does, how, it's called discernment. Hey, there's someone in trouble Come on, in your, in your family, and you just go to pray for them. Come on, there's someone in trouble at your, your work. God gives you discernment as you pray and worship. He say, this guy was on his way to hell one minute from it. Paul discerns it. Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. And let's look at that for a second. We are all here. The prisoners were listening to them, we are all here. 
Now listen, if we were all together in prison, shame on y'all for being there, but if we were all, hey, hey, you know, Pastor Wayne or Pastor Matt, like, hey guys, no, 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 I know we could go, but we should all just stay here. We should do what's right. Those prisoners were in there for doing what was wrong, not what was right. So what kept them there? Why, why, did, why, did, why was he able to say, we are all here? Why? Because the prisoners in that moment, in that worship, in the presence of God, understood that everything they needed was right there in the prison. They, they're, they're listening, they're, they're hearing their worship. All of a sudden, God becomes their, their, their brother, their mother, their father, their, their sister, their, their deliverer, their, their redeemer. They're, I mean, they're, they're just kind of like, and they see the doors open. They understand that they can go, but all they want to do is be in the presence of God. That's what, that's what the presence of God does. That's why it's so important for us, guys, to pray and to worship. Um, it's, it's so important in your walk with God to pray and worship. You can pray anytime. Now with the AirPods in your ear that you can act like you're, you know, on the phone or whatever, you can listen to worship all the time. I mean, be in the presence of the Lord. And, and this jailer is just kind of like blown away. Like, wait a minute. Give, give me a, give me a, where's the light? Give me a, give me a light. He runs in and, and, and he falls down trembling before Paul and Silas. I can tell you one, he just had a life or death experience. Two, he just realized that these two men just saved his, not only his life, come on, but his everlasting life as well. He falls down trembling. Some, some may, well, he's just so happy to be alive. I don't think he could stand because of the presence of God that was in that place. And so that's what we're after when we pray and we worship at midnight. Paul and Silas had no reason to pray, and, and they had every reason just to kind of sleep. They had a, a, every reason to be a little upset. They were annoyed. Now they stood up for Jesus. Now they, got, they were beaten. They're, they're bloody. They had every reason just to kind of, you know what, God, I'm just going to pass on prayer and worship. But God knew that the rest of the prison and the keeper of the prison needed that prayer and worship. So if you don't feel like doing it for you, if, if sometimes you don't feel like praying and, and worship for you, pray and worship for those that are in bondage. Those that, that need that Abba Father, that, that Savior. And he fell down and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Can you imagine if y'all are just getting out of your, your, your car and heading into Wegmans, which I'm so jealous that y'all have Wegmans here. We actually will do our grocery shopping this afternoon in Wegmans and travel seven hours home, right? They, that's how awesome Wegmans is. Maybe not, but we'll at least visit y'all's candy. That candy display is unreal. Anyway. But can you imagine getting out of Wegmans, your parking spot, and you're just, you know, walking in, going to do some grocery stuff, and some people come and fall before you, say, sir, what... 
what must I do to be saved? Ma'am, what, what must I do to be saved? Can you imagine? I want you to think about like the worst coworker, right? Just think about, the, or maybe the boss, all right? Didn't take you too long to, to think about that. Having them come in and say, hey, 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 ma'am, what must I do to be saved? You say, well, hey, hey, I've been watching you. I've known you've gone through some, some battles in your marriage. I, I know you had a death in the, the family, but I, I still see you smiling. I still see some kind of joy on you. And I, I want that. If that's what it means to be saved, I want that. And so for us, as we pray and as we worship, these things are going to take place. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Do you understand that, that the, the jailer took them, took them home? I mean, like, let's, hey, I want you. And they said, you and your whole house, right? So they come home and their whole house is saved, baptized, right? Matter of fact, it was so much so that they, they put them back in prison before, before the next morning. As you continue to read on, like, like their jailers putting them in, normal night, everything's good. I'm clearly going to fall, fall asleep and I'll wake up and everybody will be in their place like they are every morning. And, and instead, God has all of that take place. He and his whole house saved and baptized. Guys, there's family members that, are, that don't know it, but are trusting that you won't stop believing for them. There, there are neighbors in your neighborhood that, that they're being drawn. Don't, listen, don't give up on them. And, and we really want to make a change in, 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 in America, a change in our, in our church. We do it individually, and then we come collectively, and then the presence and the glory of God that is in this place as we pray and as we worship the Father. When you do that, as the foundations of the prison were shaken, the foundations of hell are shaken in our prayer and in our worship. It, it can't help but happen. And so I want you to go from this place this morning, understanding that the answer is always prayer and worship. It is, it is that is always the answer. And, and look, as, as small as it is, you know, dropping your kids off to college, and quite honestly, it's no small feat. But, but 15 or 30 minutes in, on our way home in worship, it was just a peace about things. It, it just, prayer and worship, it just changes things. And the thing is, the devil, he wants us to go to our sin nature. He, he wants us to, to think about all the ways you used to react when, when you were in the valley or you used to react when your, your wife did something that she shouldn't or, or your husband or, or when your children, the way you used to act, but you're not that person anymore. And, and as hard as it is, guys, as hard as it is to turn to worship, your life and others depend on it. And God desires it. That's the very reason you're in that situation in the first place. 
Paul and Silas, they start by going to prayer. They get ridiculed. They cast them out just like Jesus asked them to do. Then all of a sudden, they're beaten in prison. They had every right to be like, God, how does that, how is that? How was that supposed to be something that took place today? Like all we did was, matter of fact, we put up with their annoyance for a long time and and here we are dealing with this. They had every right to be upset. But what did they do? They prayed and they worshiped God. You know, share this testimony at at Blue Ridge with the Holcombs, and y'all know the situation with my brother, you know, passing away six years ago. We just getting ready to build a life center, end up naming the, the life center after him in honor. Matter of fact, we broke ground a month before he passed away, before God took him early. And, you know, one, I think he wanted to get out of the work. And I don't... I don't want to digress too much, but, but as soon as it happened, we, we turned to prayer and worship instantly. And I shared that the last time I was here. And then so all of a sudden, you know, we, we, he has a, a, na- a building named after him. They send him an honorary doctorate. You know, he, he'd almost finished his master's. They gave him the master's, the honorary doctorate. Building named after him. Got, didn't have to do any of the work. Got to see Jesus first. Like, he's in all kinds of trouble when I see him again. I'm just, but before we launched into this, we knew that we were going to take on, you know, great debt. And we didn't really know how much. And we raised a million, owed about a million point two. And, and in those moments, even with some of the leadership, like, man, we're on board, but I don't know if we can continue to, to serve in leadership because this is, you know, quite an undertaking. And so we just launched out. And can I tell you, within two years, right, we raised a, a, a chunk, and then uh, Rock Church of Daytona Beach, the Garini, sold some land. They brought us a check for $634,000 and paid it off last May, last June, right? Sure, you can give God some glory for that. And, and I'd love for the, the worship team to come and join me. I, I don't know if they've kind of already started making their way, but if you can, and and uh, we, can, we can sing, you know, No Longer a Slave or, or anything like that. Um, but I just, I just remember going through, that was quick, guys, that's good stuff. <laughs> I remember, I just remember everything that we went through with my, with my brother and, and even just the, the turmoil of, of, you know, being in that life center every single day, you know, two, three years, just we wanted to save as much money, so just the boys are in there, you know, missing school and just helping and other people in the, in the church. And the reason this relates is because I walked through the outreach center yesterday, and, and we didn't, hadn't seen it in about a year or so, and, and to see the half that's, that's done and, and, and everything paid for thus far. Come on, saints. Come on, saints. Come on. And, and, and just seeing what God's doing, and then Pastors Matt and Rachel are just kind of taking us through the, the next part and the, the youth building and the entrance and the, and the, the, the coffee area. I, I don't know. It's just impressive, right? And the, and the thing is, even with the Life Center and kind of going through all of that stuff, every single time it was prayer and it was worship. And if someone asks, like, how do you draw closer to God? What, what, you know, what book, and obviously, you know, what, reading the Word of God, but what books can I read, and, and, and what classes can I take, and, 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 you know, what degree should I, should I get? 
All of those are good. But you have to pray and you have to worship. And as you do those things, God just works stuff out. We're here, you know, six years later, you know, thriving as a church, you know, out of debt, you know, even to, to talk about DJ a little bit, we were giving a certain amount of money every month as we were pledging. It's just like, gosh, I got two boys going to college, you know, in a, in a few years. Like, God, this really doesn't make sense. We really should put this aside, maybe save. But, but God says, come on, give and you shall receive. And DJ had, was, was offered a $108,000 scholarship, full ride, to, to go to college. You know, so this is the deal. I couldn't have saved that much money. Don't, don't concern your things with the, don't concern yourself with the worries of the world. Concern yourself with pleasing God and watch all the provisions, watch all the dreams, watch all the visions take place. It's only, come on. It's through prayer, it's through worship, and it's through the Word. And so then as I'm just, I'm just praying last night and like, all right, God, how do you want to end this service? And it was so simple. He's like, I just, I just want you to honor the Holcombs. So, I, you know, if, if Apostles Wayne and Margaret can make their way up and, and Pastor Matt and Rachel, I'm wondering, Jill, if you'll come up here with, can you just come and stand right beside us? And y'all can go ahead and stand to your feet. I love to just kind of close in worship and let you spend a little time praying and worshiping God as we close this morning. And for Jill and I, we, we're who we are because of these two couples. You know, there's, we loved on Rick and Sandy Douglas, and evidently they just celebrated 50 years of marriage. <laughs> Come on. And I've been coming here since I believe maybe if it's been 40 years since I was like seven, eight years old, been coming here. And, and there's a number of you that, that were there here at this time and, and you were so, and I remember walking in here and this was nothing but dust and junk in this theater and y'all were meeting downstairs and look what the Lord has done you know and so so a part of our victories in, in Franklin a part of the Dylan's victories in Pr Franklin certainly through prayer and worship but through incredible examples as Paul and Silas that's this is who they are they pray for you. They worship for you. They, they show you a godly example. They stand maybe when no one else is standing, and you have no clue what they go through. You don't understand the, the amount of hours that are spent on the phone. You don't understand the amount of 
doors that are knocked on at their house and people needing to come in for counseling. You kind of only see your issues, but you have no clue what they do. And they do it because they love you. They do it because they're in the inner prison and they're believing for everyone's door to be open and everyone's chains to be loosed. And that's what the outreach center is. Right? I mean, for Pastors Wayne and, and Margaret, it was this, this building and the different ministries they've had through the years and, and raising their children. And then as, as Pastors Matt and Rachel come along, what do they want to do? We want to buy a building, you know, across town in a, in a lower income area. And we want to reach that, that neighborhood. We want to break some chains and open some doors around there. And what do you do as a church? You rally around them. Say, hey, if that's what they want to do, that's what we're going to do. And all I ask is to stay the course. If you've ever had a thought of leaving out of worship's not the same or, or the preaching or, or he wears white tennis shoes, what, well, hey, that's not of God. The only reason you leave the church is if God leads you somewhere else. But other than that, Serve. Get in groups. Get into the kids' ministry. Get alongside of one another and build the house of God. Why? Because that's all they've done for you. They've sacrificed their life. I, honestly, when we get together, all we talk about is the ministry. Maybe a few seconds about Penn State, and I don't let them talk too much about Washington Commanders or whatever they were or are. But we talk about the ministry, how worship can be better, how the word can be better, how announcements can be better, how the kids' ministry can be better, how the parking lot crew can be better. There's people serving this morning in yellow, yellow vests out there. I appreciate it. There are people this morning holding the doors open as we came in. I appreciate it. Just another little example that every door will be open and everyone's chain is loosed. So, so we love you. We're so grateful. And I know, uh, you know, this is the last thing they want. I mean, my father is just, he, my mom and dad, they just get, you know, uncomfortable when I start, you know, talking about them. But, but it's hard not to talk about the greatest of all time, right? It's hard not to, it's hard not to acknowledge. And so, guys, thank you. Thank you for, for every marriage advice. Thank you for every time you encourage us to pray and to worship. Thank you for every word. Thank you. God, you y'all brought us years ago, Young Ministers Conference, and, and had us minister. And, you know, I'm early 20s, and you you just have faith in us, and we can't thank you enough. They still call us. They still check on us. And then for Pastors Matt and Rachel, every single week we communicate with one another. We're family, guys. We're family. We're family. We're family. We're family. So if, if sometimes you're, you're going through life and you're just like, man, how am I so blessed? How is, how is every job I applied for just open up? How, how, why are my kids serving the Lord? It's because Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Amen. It's because you have leaders and elders in this house that are pray and worship on your behalf. If you're a visitor today, you found the right place. Don't go anywhere. God's calling you here. Get alongside. Amen.
So why don't you just stretch your hands to the heavens. Father, we're just unbelievably grateful for how good you are in our lives. God, I thank you for River Valley Church. Planted some 50 years ago. I thank you for the Holcombs and answering the call of God on their life. They've touched thousands and thousands of people, and they're still doing it today. Give them strength in their bodies. Give them strength in their minds so that they continue, can continue to proclaim the, the Word of God in this place and abroad. Thank you for such examples in the house, and thank you for blessing the next generations because of their faithfulness. God, I thank you for pastors Matt and Rachel. I thank you for how much they love you. I thank you for their four sons and their families. I'm, I'm grateful for the vision that they have. God, they're always dreaming dreams. They're always casting vision. Thank you for the word that was passed down from their parents to them. Thank you for the way that they lead. Thank you that they don't worry about what man says, but only what you say. God, we, we thank you for the outreach center. God, we thank you for more buildings to come. God, we want in, in years to come for River Valley Church to be such a presence in the business sector of Williamsport, to go into restaurants and be, and be Christian-owned with worship. Come on, to go into hardware stores, to be Christian-owned with worship music playing. I'm telling you, Father, we're believing for your abundance to continue to fall on this church. And these people that are here today, as we take just a minute or two to worship together, God, will you just take their prayer life to another level? God, will you just take their worship life to another level? God, we just trust you, Father, to take our devotional life to another level, that this word really impacts how we respond tonight Tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, there may be some that haven't been serving you like they should. They're going to make a declaration right here, right now to change, Father. And God, not only, we're not only doing this for ourselves, but we're doing it for those people that are around us. So that every door can be open and everyone's chains be loose. Bless the Holcombs for their faithfulness. Bless River Valley Church for the faithfulness. We give them all to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, saints. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.